welcome to Breaking Bread. This is the show where we explore food through culture, conversations, and a whole lot of curiosity. I'm your host, Lo Yijun, a food writer and recipe developer from the Jun and Tonic blog. And every week on this show, we dive deep into an aspect of food culture in Malaysia. And I bring in some food friends and experts to talk about it. So today, we are talking about restaurant reviews. Now, despite being a food writer, I'm not entirely familiar with the world of food reviews. A lot of my writing revolves around the history and culture of food, the origins of dishes with a bit of recipe development thrown in as well. But I've never really delved into reviewing restaurants. But a few months ago, I got the chance to dabble into it thanks to a friend and fellow writer, Sammy. So Sammy, or Samantha Lim, is an editor and writer at Malaysia Tatler. She handles all things food and dining at the magazine and has recently been really, really busy with setting up the Tea Dining Best Restaurants Awards this year. So today, we're going to have a chat about the awards and what it's all about and talk about the wider food review industry as well. Welcome to the show, Sammy. Hi, June. Thanks for having us. Okay, so you want to give us a brief intro to yourself, uh, to the people out there listening? Sure. So you may not think it looking at me, because I'm quite slight, but writing about food is my bread and butter. And I've been writing for Malaysia Tatler for about two and a half years. And so far, you've been really focusing on the food and dining aspect of it, right? Is that like a role that you've grown into or you had it from the start? Yes. So I didn't actually start writing about food for Tatler. Uh, I started writing about luxury watches. But because my whole family's in FNB, um, it just felt the most natural. And I think my editors recognized that also. Mm-hmm. So I know you've been busy with the awards. <laughs> And the awards are something that's quite interesting because it's the second time that a physical awards has been set up, right? That's and right. this really celebrates like dining and food and good restaurants, good food in Malaysia. Uh, tell me a bit more about the awards and what you've been doing for it. Okay, so Tea Dining, which is an abbreviation for Tatler Dining, churns out whining and dining content for Malaysia Tatler. And the Best Restaurants Guide has actually been published since 1993. It's a comprehensive booklet that points foodies in the direction of their next good meal. And I think it's interesting to note how the guide has evolved from a travel-sized book to online listings. Mm. Um, Yeah, there is little need to stick a book, however small, in your pocket or handbag when you can just whip out your smartphone. Like, such is the turn of publishing. Mm-hmm. Wait, so before this, it was just all on the magazine itself, right? Or it's like a little, like... Yeah, it's a little booklet. Booklet, right, that, that came with it. Like, yeah, like I said, small enough to fit in your handbag. Mm-hmm. And even the layout, it's so interesting to see uh, for someone who's been in publishing for a bit, how the book used to be so condensed and now we're going for a more part-down, minimalistic look. Mm. So it's almost like you know how last time, I guess old school France, they had the Michelin Guide, right? Mm-hmm. So I guess in a sense it was similar to that or like the spirit was similar to that in that what they wanted to convey. But nowadays, as you said, with everything going digital, things being online, it's a lot more useful for people to, to check the listings out online as well. So this award, 
the format this year is quite different as well. Two years ago, you guys had this physical award ceremony where there were 10 restaurants that were mentioned and restaurants that came out were, I remember DC being on it, Tokyo Restaurant was on it, and there's a Chinese one, Lipo Hin, I think. Mm-hmm. And these were all in their individual categories, right? Whereas okay. for this year, there's a list of top 20 restaurants and there's no ranking of like 1 to 20. Rather, you kind of put them in the same tier almost. So what are, what are some of the restaurants that have been on it this year? And were there any repeats from two years or many years ago? Yeah, so the reason we've decided to go with the top 20 format is because we actually plucked it from Hong Kong and Singapore Tatler. And I think it's more fair. Well, it is the top 20, but they're not numbered. Um, there's no number one or number two. They're all equal. Mm-hmm. And we do have a few repeats and some pretty obvious winners, um, such as Dewakan, DC Restaurant. And we have a few surprising winners. Mm. Tell me about some of the surprises. So I'm actually quite pleased with this year's list because some of them are family or homegrown brands. We have a Thai restaurant, for instance, that's called La Moon. Mm. It's in TDDI, not far from here. And it's run by Chef Korn and his brother. And... This is also the first time we have a Sri Lankan restaurant on the list, Aliyah. Mm. Yeah, have you been there? No, I haven't been to Aliyah, but it's like the one in Damansara Heights, right? Yeah. Uh. A new restaurant that has also made it into our list is Open House. We bumped, mm. I bumped into you there. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah anniversary yeah. party. Yeah. yeah. So they've been open for a year. And I think prior to this, you could get Chinese food and Indian food in fine dining style but not so much Malay food. And I think Open House has really uh, appended that. Mm, and some of the produce that they use there are like, mm. <gasps> never seen them Beautiful. before in restaurants. Like they got this like buakulim from Pera. Is that that garlicky thing? Yeah, yeah, yeah. 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 Oh man, I incorporated that in a stir fry. It was really Ooh. good. Yeah. Wait, how do you crack it open though? Because it's like it was really, really tough, With right? Next to you. <laughs> oh wait, wait, wait. And then you do you break your board or something? When I you... did. <laughs> I broke my chopping board. <laughs> Sorry, that was uh, my fault. Now it's a hard nut. <laughs> Yeah, yeah, I didn't know what that was prior to dining at Open House. Yeah, mm. yeah. So that was really interesting, and I think Malaysia deserves to have more restaurants like that and mm-hmm. Andrew's doing like a great great job he is yeah. he's a sweetheart yeah. mm-hmm. and also I think one of the restaurants that are on it is Dewakan right which mm-hmm. really is to be expected because Chef Darren recently also was on the Asia's uh, top 50 list the first Malaysian restaurant ever yeah and for a good reason I mean it's all gravy to cook with what's readily available most chefs do but Darren really pushes the envelope by experimenting with untapped ingredients Mm. from our rich jungles Um, so I doff my hat to the team for allocating a lot of time and finances to research and development Mm. cool and I'm sure there are a lot of other in the top 20 that are amazing amazing restaurants So have you been to all of these restaurants that are on the list this year? Uh, No, because it wasn't a solo effort. I had the help of anonymous writers such as yourself. (laughs) (laughs) Not so so anonymous anymore. (laughs) There were about 30 of us anonymous writers. Um, So half a year before the awards started, we actually approached the restaurants and asked if they'd like 
to participate in the anonymous reviews. Mm -hmm. The ones who were interested gifted us coupons, and which we which the tea dining team allocated to writers, some internal, some external. And these were carried out in secrecy until the end of each review where you would present the voucher. And there's a whole system to rating the restaurants too, which, like you know, I mm -hmm. provided you with like a leaflet almost. Mm -hmm. Yeah. So I think, I think that is a really important aspect of food review, right? Like anonymity, because you don't want the restaurant to know that you're a food reviewer and when you go in, they might give you special treatment for it mm -hmm. and make their restaurant seem a lot better than what they would normally do for regular diners. And so I think the anonymity part is really important. So that's why, I mean, when you first approached me for it, I was also like, hmm, how do they try and go about keeping things fair? Right? And I think this is like a really good way of, of sorting out this problem. Um, and also the judging criteria that you have for each restaurant, it's quite comprehensive, I would say. Mm -hmm. uh, and there are different categories, different criteria that you look for, like in terms of ambience, in terms of the texture, even temperature of the food. And of course, flavor is key as well. Um, talk to me about some of these judging criteria and were there any particularly memorable restaurants that you judged that you were like <gasps> completely blown away by the flavor or the ambience. Okay, going back to what you said about the importance of anonymity. Mm -hmm. So a restaurant that stands out in mine is Jeff's Cellar in Ipoh. Mm. Yeah, it's probably one of the most unique restaurants, if not the most unique that I've been to in Malaysia, in the sense that you're dining in a cave that is 80% natural and only 20% touched up by men. And the features of the cave change constantly so stalactites might grow longer stalagmites might get shorter it's, right. it's kind of crazy and they've done it really nicely there's opera music in the background the lighting's warm and very comforting and the service team had no clue who we were but they were the sweetest they were so nice and i can kind of tell by this point when people know who i am so when we actually whipped out the coupons at the end of the meal and you could see the genuine surprise in their face, I was like, okay, so all this wasn't just for show because right. they knew we were here. It was like, it was real. Mm. What, are, what are the telltale signs when someone knows that, oh, this is, this is Sammy Lim from, from Tesla. We have to suddenly treat her better. <laughs> <laughs> have you had like a big shift like halfway through your meal? It's like, and the first part they were like, completely rude to you and then suddenly eh, they turn into really nice people after not halfway through the meal but after you've presented the coupon you can sometimes see them backtracking and then suddenly paying like a lot more attention I have felt that as well yeah, yeah, yeah. Oh, boy. <laughs> for Which one of one? the places I'm not going to say <laughs> okay <laughs> yeah but one of the one of the restaurants yeah it was really surprising it was like in the first I guess the entirety of the meal they were quite gruff and I mean they still provided like adequate service mm -hmm. I would say um, but then after mm -hmm. you present the coupon then suddenly like you get a lot of attention and they bring in their manager and try to shake hands with you and I'm like what that's hilarious <laughs> what is going on yeah, yeah I totally relate <laughs> yeah so I think the the anonymity issue or problem is definitely something that you have managed to to handle or tackle quite well in terms of this award, right? Yeah, I do think it's important. 
it also makes me question how the whole blogging and influencer reviews work because people obviously know to make things, you know, spruce things up below. Yeah. So I was talking to these bunch of reviewers, food reviewers. So they run like a website where they go to restaurants or restaurants invite them rather to go to their places and they try the food and then write something about it. And I think most of the time, yeah, they get compensated. They get paid for it. I've seen rates. Oh, wow. I've seen rates. They're not cheap. Mm. Yeah, especially the bigger ones, right? Yeah. And I think that is a that is an issue there. So I was asking them about how they go about tackling restaurants where they really didn't like the food and the experience. Mm-hmm. And they said that, yeah, because of the compensation, right? Their hands are forced in writing something about the restaurant. Mm. And so the way they go about doing it is more like removing emotion and personal opinions about the restaurant and all they do is list the dishes that they have so they will say like oh this restaurant for appetizers they serve dishes a and b and then after that you can get your mains and then your desserts just listing the menu basically yeah and then maybe for a particular dish they'll say oh they use uh mushrooms eggs and cheese in this dish (laughs) (laughs) but they won't they they won't drink to dietary restriction yeah (laughs) and it's just all fluff right they won't really mention like oh this tasted really really good and it's like the best eggs benedict that i've had you know what's interesting now that you're saying this out loud so i had one or two dreadful reviews from um our team of anonymous reviewers shan't be named but they shan't be welcomed back they basically copied and pasted a restaurant's menu into their review. And now I'm wondering if they felt like they couldn't be honest about how they felt about the food and just decided to be factual instead. Mm, Right. So you think that one of the reasons could be that they had a bad experience in the place, but inside, because of this stigma that we've built out on Mm -hmm. not saying anything negative, they just felt that... it could be a Malaysian thing. Mm. Yeah, Malaysians are definitely, if you look at our reviews in general, it's rarely ever negative, right? And we were talking right before, you were saying how now you can tell when some sites, like, <laughs> don't know if I should mention it, but sometimes like Eat Drink KL, you can tell when they don't like a place. Yeah. Yeah, although they don't explicitly <laughs> say it, you can tell by the language and the tone that they use. It's yeah. different a different set of vocabulary almost from when when they really like a place. And it starts to become very stiff. Mm, mm. Yeah. And I guess from an outsider's perspective, like non-Malaysians or even non-Asians, when they read that, they'll be like, oh, yeah, this is just, uh, I mean, this is not a review, right? This is just telling me what they have, mm. uh, what dishes and what cuisine they serve, yeah? But it doesn't really constitute a restaurant review in that sense. This is also assuming they're actually reading the text and not just looking at the pictures. Mm, yeah. Glossy food pictures. <laughs> no, that's another thing that's really, <laughs> <laughs> that's really triggering about a lot of these Malaysian uh, reviews, right? Mm-hmm. A lot of it are very visual, mm-hmm. which granted the visual aspect of food, the aesthetics really plays a big part in liking a restaurant's food. And I think as Malaysians, we, on average, maybe we place a lot of attention on the looks and I hate to say this word, but the Instagrammability of a place. Oh Lord, that word. (laughs) (laughs) Instagrammable. What is Instagrammable? Yeah. Yeah. So Mm. there are, I feel like nowadays there are a lot of restaurants that have popped up that looks really nice and the environment, the ambience is great. But when you actually taste the food itself, it's 
lacking in so many ways. And yeah. it's just like a big disappointment, right? But then if you look at their ratings and Google, like TripAdvisor, even like Burple, it's like, oh, they're rated as one of the top restaurants around like 4.3 stars or something. Mm. And to me, maybe this will make me sound really, like really bougie to the listeners, but it's just like, it's quite disappointing, right? I go to a restaurant for the food and the taste of the food yeah. and all that is to see mm-hmm. is really, really nice, but mm-hmm. what goes into your mouth isn't so great. Mm. Yeah. And do you feel that in recent years you have felt the same as well? Oh, definitely. Well, two categories that come into play when we rated restaurants for the best restaurants guide uh, was plating and presentation. But yeah, I think people often forget about the quality of produce and yeah, the skill it takes to cook up such dishes, which are important determinants. Mm. So for the for the tea dining awards, the aesthetics was only, as you say, the plating and the presentation were only two out of twenty-ish criteria. Correct. And yeah, I think that it's important, but it also goes to show that there are so many other things at play. Mm-hmm. We are now going to take a quick break, but when we come back, we'll learn more about the Tatler Awards. Stay with us. You're listening to Breaking Bread on BFM 89.9. Welcome back to Breaking Bread. I'm Jun, and I've been speaking to Samantha Lim from Malaysia Tatler. We've been talking about the Tea Dining Awards for this year, and we'll delve deeper into the world of food reviews. So for you, right, when you go to a different country, when you go on your travels, and because we're both eaters, I'm sure going to good restaurants is something that is at the top of your list. So what kinds of resources or blogs or websites do you visit to find these restaurants, find these good food places? As an obvious and avid fan of the writ word, I rely a lot on magazines, actually. Mm. So Noble Rot, one of my favorite wine magazines. Mm-hmm. I use them a lot for restaurants with good wine lists. Not to name drop, but I also rely on Hong Kong Tatler and Singapore right, right. Tatler's list. And Malaysian Tatler as well, hopefully. Definitely. <laughs> <laughs> like I said, I'm really pleased with the list we compiled this year. It would be foolish to pretend that the best restaurants guide is complete or conclusive, but of this I'm certain. Um, the blog, the bloggers, chefs, consultants, gourmands, recipe writers, restauranters, and journalists who helped curate our list are genuinely passionate about food, and I think that's what's most important. Mm-hmm. So I also know that for this year's award, there was like a special list of mm. five restaurants or five awards that you gave out to certain restaurants. Can you talk to me a bit about those awards? Correct. So we had the top 20 restaurants in the nation and there was a Tatler Legacy Award, which went to the Seoul Society Group, Best Service, which went to Shang Palace, Best Interior Design, which went to Open House, and we named Modesto Marini as the Best Restauranter. And and this was the first year we've actually named the Best Sustainable Restaurant. And the Ecolad went to flock at W Kuala Lumpur. Mm. So what's this uh, Best Sustainability Award? Like, how do you mm. go about judging that award? So at my behest, we added the new category for the Best Sustainable Restaurant, which went to flock at the D- W Kuala Lumpur. 
Executive chef Richard Miller and his team are big on supporting local produce. And they have this thing called Retox Brunches. At their very first Retox Brunch, they actually brought in suppliers that they work closely with. And the guests were able to mingle and like meet these people. And that, I guess, in itself, it sort of promotes the uh, sustainable practices and local producers in mm-hmm. Malaysia and kind of... Yeah, as you say, shines a light on our local produce, right? Mm -hmm. So are there a lot of other restaurants doing this nowadays? Because I feel that sustainability is becoming a big thing, right? And healthy eating kind of goes in line with that and making sure that our food systems are sustainable. Mm -hmm. (laughs) Keep using the word, but yeah. (laughs) That's cool. Yeah, so one of the reasons I'm really proud to be working with Tea Dining is because... We're one of the few food publications that dabbles in investigative journalism. Mm -hmm. Um, So when I was tasked with determining content for 2019, I knew it would be futile to stick to run-of-the-mill restaurant reviews and interviews. I also feel like most websites and blogs neglect behind-the-scenes personalities and their stories. And because we're at that age where audiences are showing a greater interest in where our food comes from, I thought it'd be the perfect time to roll out stories on suppliers for a change. And it was that Retox brunch at the W that was the catalyst for Tea Dining's Meet the Maker series. Oh, right. Mm. Have yeah. you seen the videos? Yeah, I have. So you guys did some videos on like caviar farming, mm-hmm. which from like Talo, uh-huh. yeah, which we interviewed in the show. So, and then Ning from Chocolate Concierge was yeah. on here as well. And you went to his cocoa farm. That was one of my favorites. Uh. Yeah, beautiful farm. <laughs> <laughs> so do you think like in the future maybe you have like a, a separate award ceremony for suppliers? these local yeah suppliers <gasps> producers Ooh, instead of restaurants mm. hmm. I'm sure people are doing that in the US and yeah. UK Europe all these bigger food culture places which uh, have more mature food and dining scenes yeah I think you've hit the nail on the head that'd be a great way to encourage quality produce mm. Is this something that uh, you might do then next year? <laughs> I think you should patent it. <laughs> you should trademark it. It's a great idea. Ah, we'll yeah. see. Well, maybe you have a have a blog award. Is it? <laughs> Best a special, produce. yeah, best produce award for for the, this podcast itself. So, uh, I guess just just to wrap up, tell us a bit about your your hopes and dreams for the food review industry mm. in Malaysia. World peace. No, okay. Um, <laughs> I'd like to encourage healthy competition, sans fear or favor, and food and beverage industry. I'm sure other industries have their fair share of trauma, but it irks me when people are catty towards their competitors. But instead of sticking their claws out, they need to realize that there's space for everyone to grow. Um, the Good Food Alliance, whom you play frisbee with, right? <laughs> <laughs> yes, I play frisbee with Renee from Burger Lab. <laughs> yeah. So I think they're a great example. So they prove that banding together has its benefits. Mm. Yeah, it's like that sense of community, right? Mm. And I have always felt that it's such an important thing to have in any industry. Mm-hmm. And yeah, the people at like the Good Food Alliance, as you say, has been doing like such a great job at banding together and collaborating instead of, you know, just viewing each other as straight up competitors. Mm-hmm. And yeah, I feel the same as you as well, that I would love to see more of these people with great hearts out there doing good for the for the food industry in Malaysia. Mm-hmm. And as for you personally, what are your what are your plans over the next few years? Are you gonna stick with the food review and 
still writing about food and uplifting food in Malaysia? So in 2020, I hope to continue with the Meet the Maker series. Uh, there are just so many producers and suppliers to engage with. I hear there's an oyster farm in Penang. Mm. And they're supplying... a few awards. They're supplying uh. restaurants um, and just cutting out the cost mm. and fuel of having it imported from France and, you know. And the quality is like quality up to par good. with them. They're delicious, yeah. Oh, cool. So yeah. that's going to be in 2020, right, you say? Yeah. Mm. Yeah, I hope people use this uh, list and use it to find their next great meal. So, thank you so much for coming today, Sammy. No worries. Thank you. That's all we have for this week's show. To listen to more episodes, you can find us on iTunes, Spotify, or visit our website at www.bfm.my. And as usual, for fun recipes and funky food writing, you can visit my blog at junantonic.com. That's J-U-N-A-N-D-T-O-N-I-C.com. I'm Jun, and you've been listening to Breaking Bread on BFM 89.9.